Right here on your source for cool jazz and more, WEAA 88.9 FM and WEAA.org. Absolutely the voice of the community. I'm your host, Faraji Muhammad. Thank you so much for checking in and riding with me this evening, folks. Man, happy Monday. I feel like we need that, Dre. We needed a little boost. Hopefully, folks, your Monday has been good, productive. It hasn't been, you know, diminished by the, by the rain and the, and the gray clouds. Because sometimes that can affect people, man. I was a little affected by it this morning, but then I got into the day. I was like, okay, I can handle you, day. I can take you on, day. That's what I said to the day. And I crushed the day. Dre, you listen to a lot of motivational speakers, right? That's what, why do they always say, they always say something like, I'm a, you want to crush the day. This is very aggressive behavior. <laughs> Eat the day up with some milk and sugar. Just aggressive, man. <laughs> Stomp the day's head in. You'd be like, whoa, calm down, man. I'm just trying. I'm just trying to get motivated <laughs> until two o'clock. I'm just trying to get through. All right, folks, we got a great show for you. Not to start off in light, because we do have a, a lot of heavy topics to talk about. We got a lot of heavy topics to talk about. Um, one is, one of the topics that we want to, we kind of want to continue to just have is the one that my colleague Dr. K talked about, which is the issue of guns and shootings in this country. Twelve mass shootings across the United States over the weekend, according to CNN and according to a host of other, um, you know, agencies that have done just kind of kept count of these things. Twelve mass shootings, folks. Let's I think that this needs to be said because we are in a very, 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 very important, critical time. And if you have 12 mass shootings that have, that have happened just over a three-day time span, that speaks volumes about where we are in this country. 12 mass shootings. So CNN had reported um, that there was a number of these mass shootings over the weekend that left at least 11 people dead and another 69 injured. So that means that you're talking about 80 people, folks, involved in a shooting. Now, this analysis of this data comes from the Gun Violence Archive, local media, and police reports. So they do, there really isn't—it sounds to me that it doesn't really—that we, we, we don't really have um, a place on a national level, on a federal level— to keep track of these things. And this is, this is what I would say um, is why it's important for the government, like the, especially like the U.S. Department of Justice or Homeland Security. There's, there's got to be an agency that has to keep track of, of, of these things, like mass shootings. It shouldn't be patchwork. And I'm not saying that that's what's happening. Well, I mean, you got, you got reports from this agency from police. You got media. And you have organizations. I mean, that's a lot. The, the United States government should know these things, right? But according to CNN, they saying that the shootings took place across eight states, Illinois, uh, New Jersey, Ohio, Indiana, South Carolina, Virginia, Texas, and Minnesota. So let's go Illinois, New Jersey, Midwest, Ohio, Indiana, South, South Carolina, 
South Virginia, South Texas, and Minnesota. That's a lot of shootings. That's a lot of shootings. Now, this is how um, CNN defines mass shootings. They define it as a mass uh, as an incident with four or more people killed or wounded by gunfire, excluding the uh, the shooter. So when you have that many shootings at one time over, I mean, it's just it's crazy about where we are, folks. I'm 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 really blown away that we are in this place right now in this country. Now, some people would say that the mass shootings um, are, are happening as a result of access to guns, right? That some folks would say, well, the gun the gun laws are too they're 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 too loose. Anybody can get access to handguns, right? Some people would say that uh, we need to really you know, regulate the gun situation, the gun laws, and and getting and, and restrict people from getting guns. However, if we start doing that, then we start having a very different conversation based on the fact that the government, through our constitution and through our documents, allows uh, 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 citizens to to the right to bear arms. So if you're if you're talking about you know eliminating guns, then then that becomes some people would say you're imposing on their right to bear arms. So now you have that issue. And then others are saying that yeah, we should have guns, but then there should be proper training, there should be some other things, some other supplemental kind of like support services because, yes, guns aren't the problem people are. The other thing that was brought out, that brought up in this report, um, is that there's been a 23% uptick in deaths from gun violence this year, with more than 7,500 people dying across the United States, according to the Gun Violence Archive. So I want us to have a, a conversation about this, and I know my sister, Dr. K, talked to Sister Daphne, Austin's, uh, uh, Daphne Austin of the Mo Mothers of Murdered Sons and Daughters Moms and talking about it. We know, and I've had a chance to talk to um, Sister Daphne this weekend at the We Are Us, Let's Thrive Baltimore Youth Walk, and we talked a little bit about just the violence in it. And so one of the things that I took from the conversation is that, you know, people are on the ground, first and foremost, her and many other mothers and fathers and, and community members, folks are actually on the ground trying to stop the violence. They're trying to do their best. They're trying to raise their voices. Most importantly, they're trying to organize people to stop the violence. That's one thing. But the big thing that I gleaned from the conversation was the fact that People feel like they have to resort to violence in order to solve problems. And I want us to kind of key in on that part, that, that, that people are now shooting each people indiscriminately. I was talking to some, some, some local officials over the weekend, and they told me, that, that violence is happening, you know, back in the day, violence used to be related to drugs, you know what I mean? It might be a territory situation. Now the violence has gotten so random, unfortunately. It's gotten so random that people are fighting and shooting, killing each other over everything from hair to he say, she say, to parking spaces and road rage. So we are in a very, very violent place right now in this country where people are at the point where they are so fed up in dealing with other people that they think that the best course of action for them to take is to, is to go and grab a gun. Let's talk a little bit about this. 410-319-8888. Now, here's how I want to have the conversation. I don't want to have the conversation about stuff that we already know. Man, they already—you know, people shoot because they— I mean, I, I need, we need to get a little bit deeper for me 
to understand and for you to understand that that this thing is is much ser- it's much more serious than I think a lot of us want to believe. Now, this is not a fear campaign. It's certainly not not to get people to be, you know, to, to get any type of anxiety or make them feel uncertain about walking out the door. But what it does, what my hope it, it will do, is that it will open our eyes to understand the many complex factors that have led this country to the place that it's in. It's not just about gun control. It's not just that. I mean, politically, we we love in America, we love to put things in black and white, right? We love to just say, oh, if it wasn't for, you know, this is the reason for that, as if it's just one thing. When in in reality, let's, let's deal with reality, this country is at the place that it's in because of a host of reasons, a host of factors. And so if since that's the case, then... That means that we need to have a multi-pronged approach to dealing with this. We can't just expect a politician to fix some gun law and say, okay, the gun law is fixed, boom, 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 it's done. We can't just expect the hospitals and the doctors and the researchers to just say, okay, we're going to just deem this a public health issue and, and we'll offer some services and then that should be good. There's so much more deeper. That's all external stuff. We're talking about the internal stuff. How does a person, they're getting to, people are getting to the point where they feel like they have to grab a gun to get their point across, to be heard, to be understood. I mean, people are resorting to violence. And violence is so ingrained in 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 the soil of this country it's hard not to be violent, right? It's, it's like we're so conditioned by living amongst violent circumstances, the thought of us living in peaceful circumstances is totally unrealistic. And it scares people. And, 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 and it turns people away from wanting even to, to stop, to, to get into an effort to stop the violence. Let's, let's, I, want you to hear, I want you to hear me. 410 319-8888. So if we're getting into that place where we're just so ingrained, so conditioned by the violence, in one weekend you can have 11 people dead, 69 people injured in cities across the country. And more importantly than the numbers, you can have a mindset, an attitude where people feel like, oh, the only way that I'm going to be able to, to for this person to hear me is if I pull out this gun. And this is not just among black youth, black people. This is among American folks. This is among black and white people who have decided that, they, that the best course of action is to, is to pick up a gun and to shoot multiple people. All right, let's go to the phone line. Hear what you got to say. 410-319-8888. Eric, uh, let's start with you, sir. What's your take on it's 12 mass shootings across the U.S. over the weekend? Wow. Um, okay. Um, can you hear me all right? You yes, sir, on. Eric, we can. Everybody wants, Faraji, um, first of all, let me say, this is the first time I've listened to you in a very long time. Okay. I appreciate okay. that. And, and well, uh, don't, don't get too Okay. Maybe because, I guess not. Maybe I shouldn't because, appreciate uh, that. But uh, and I and a lot. I stop listening because you now for for the first time I come back to you. You asking some pertinent questions. Everybody wants simple solutions to complicated problems. Right. Okay. Here we go. And 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 in no particular order, I'll make it fast. Everybody, you want everybody to have a gun. So you flood the country with guns, selling military art type weapons to your civilian population. You got probably the most important, one of the more important things. You notice, you never, when they talk about the perpetrators, you never hear them tell you why. Why did you do this? Oh, they, you always talk about the victims, yeah. how much we feel sorry for the victims, yeah. but you never get a line on these perpetrators because they didn't just fall out of the sky. No, I okay? agree. We, we, you're dealing with overpopulation, but you're also dealing with single parenthood because 
90% or 80% of all young black men and women are born to single-family homes. Uh, remember the boy in Chicago, 13-year-old boy, running through the streets, being chased by the police. He turns around, he, 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 he drops, he throws the gun away, and he turns around at the last second, and he's still shot by the police, right? You remember that incident? Yeah, I do. How come nobody asked, what the heck is a 13-year-old boy doing on the streets, running through the alleys at 2.30 in the morning? Mm. Remember the little girl that was killed in Ohio? The police officer runs up. She's in the middle of a street fight. She's got a swing and a knife at two other people. Yeah. And they talk about how she was the one that called the police. And, and the policeman runs up on the scene, sees this chaotic madness going on, and automatically pulls out his weapon, and he ends up killing this girl. Okay? She was in foster care. Nobody asks why was she in foster care in the first place. If you want to deal with the madness, you got to start looking at the roots. And nobody wants to look at the roots. Mass shootings all over. Nobody sees anything. We're still looking for, trying to get information. A party, a party where hundreds of people show up. I don't know that many daggone people to be coming to a house party for me. And shooting breaks out, and nobody saw anything. Nobody saw who the perpetrators are. Okay? So... And, and 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 you know what I you know Eric I appreciate you for bringing this up and I love how you started your statement whether you agree with me or not I appreciate you for tuning in to least today so I thank you so much for that but but you started off something I think that is important for us to even you know keep in mind as we're having this conversation everybody is seeking simple solutions to complex problems now let me let me just add to that on the flip side. There are simple solutions. The problem is complex because somewhere along the line, people don't want to do the work to try to become better. Can we say that? People don't want to do the work to try to become better. Somewhere along the line, it's, and this might sound as crazy as it is, it's easier for us to just live in the madness than it is for us to put forth the effort to change the madness because change requires sacrifice, change requires work, change requires to be uncomfortable, and we've gotten so comfortable living in madness. At first, it's like the process, and I can't remember the name of this process that a person goes through when they kind of get accustomed to a circumstance like the first time if you if you are in a circumstance that you don't like the first few the first period of that is that you just totally reject that circumstance but then once if you stay in that circumstance a longer a little bit longer then you start to accommodate your thinking to wanting to justify why this circumstance is not as bad as it is. Then you stay in that circumstance a little bit longer. Now you start to embrace it. Now you start to embrace that thinking. Embrace it, right? And then at the end of that spectrum is if you stay in it too long, you start to, to personify that circumstance and you say well how do you personify violence you can personify violence by what you say to people how you treat people your presence can serve as an assault in some cases you just popping up on people or you say something you see what i'm saying so you start to personify the very circumstance that you at one point abhorred I hope, I hope that's resonating with folks because that's, that's a, one of the big processes here that we've gotten so used to the violence in our city and across this country that now we go to movies because of the violence. We buy video games because of the violence. 
we listen to music because of the violence, right? Um, so we start to embrace this. And by us consuming all of these things, we're going to start to personify it. I mean, come on, folks, let's be honest. We all know that there is a real connection between you taking in certain messages, you living in certain certain circumstances and not rejecting those circumstances, and its impact on how you see yourself and how you think and what you do, your behavior. There's, there's a direct correlation to all of that. Let's go to Mr. Leo. Mr. Leo, thank you so much for checking in. What's your take? Brother Faraji Muhammad, thank you. Thank you, as always, for what you do. Thank you. In our interest. Uh, we all say, most of us say we believe in God, whether it comes by way of the Holy Quran or whether it comes by the way of the Holy Bible. Ethics, morality, the seven commandments, the twelve apostles, Allah, and we go on and on. We, we say we love Kwanzaa, but some of us love materialism more than we love God. Uh, isn't there a correlation between how we raise our children and the discipline that we impose as a consequence of raising our children and what they ultimately grow up to be, what kind of people they grow up to be? Uh, youth behavior is very important, but we, uh, whether it's a single-parent household or a double-parent household, we seem not to be able in many instances, to hold our children accountable. And I don't mean beating them either. Right. But, but we don't want to do it. The gun and drug culture is preeminent in our society. Uh, the Second Amendment, you mentioned that earlier, and you mentioned the, the movies and the Call of Duty. Isn't there a game called Call to Duty? Or yes, Call sir, Duty? Call of Duty. Yeah. It's a very popular game. Very popular, which means killing folks. We have a solution in part there's a Stop the Beef hotline here in Baltimore and in other cities, and it's a, it's a great way to advertise the necessity for not killing people. And I, I would agree. But conflict resolution, we're hypocritical. We talk about it, but who's teaching it? And how is it being taught? By example, is it being taught in the Baltimore City public schools? Is it being taught in the churches or the synagogues or the mosques? So, so. But we got a lot of people who believe in God who are cowards. Mm. <laughs> and we got to reconcile how we get these folks who are, who love the Lord, but who are cowardly to get involved, as Sister Alston would say, and others, to get involved to the extent that they're going to spend so many hours each week mentoring not only their children in their home, but children in the hood in their neighborhoods, in their blocks, in their communities. Right. To what extent are we thinking of ourselves as a collective versus thinking of ourselves as individuals? There it is. Ms. Leo, I always appreciate you for checking in. Look, I want to add to what you're saying when we come back because, folks, we're just really getting started. We're talking about the fact that you have 12 mass shootings in this country over a three-day weekend. That must mean that there is something inherently wrong in America. Violence is so ingrained and so a part of our culture, so a part of our thinking, that now it becomes not one of the resources or one of the ways to deal with the situation. It has become the only way to deal with a situation. Let's talk about this, folks. 410-319-8888 and stay riding with us. We got a lot to get to in the second 30 of For the Culture on WEAA. We'll be right back. I do this for my culture, 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 Peace and welcome back to For the Culture right here on WEAA 88.9 FM and WEAA.org. Absolutely the voice of the community. I'm your host, Faraji Muhammad. Thank you so much for checking in and riding with me this evening. Folks, we're talking about the very, very unfortunate news of 12 mass shootings over this past weekend. This is the big news that has come out as CNN and other news outlets have reported 
that this is shaping up to be one of the most violent years in recent, in recent history. And so uh, it's forcing us to have a, a, a different type of conversation where we have to really stop and reflect on where we are in this country. And as much as there is um, talk of, um, you know, we're making progress in some areas, the fact remains, folks, whether it's in Baltimore City, whether it's in Youngstown, Ohio, whether it's in South Carolina or Los Angeles, California, people have decided that the only way to solve a problem is to pull, pull out the gun. In, in cities across this country, violence has taken, has gone up. From Baltimore to L.A., I just read about L.A., they said, I think, they, if I'm not mistaken, a 26% hike in violence. Baltimore, we've seen a little uptick, and we've seen some uptick in violence. And these mass shootings is a sign that something is inherently wrong in our country. Now, when we say mass shootings, we're talking about, you know, the, 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 the kind of, like, the definition that a lot of places use is four or more people that have been killed or, or, or have been killed in a, in a single incident. So when you're hearing about a quadruple shooting, I mean, that's four people plus the shooter. That's five people connected to families, five people connected to communities, five people that is connected to a city that may be affected directly in that situation and then let's not talk about the number of those who are just injured in a mass shooting, those who may not have lost their life, but they're injured, they're traumatized. And so the trauma keeps expanding, it keeps getting bigger and broader and deeper. And in a city like Baltimore, where we are always trying to figure out how to uh, address the trauma, if these shootings in this city and across this country continue to happen, I mean, there's going to have to be some radical change or a radical approach on how we deal with gun violence in America. Let's go back to the phone line and hear what folks got to say, 410-319-8888. Let me go to uh, Anthony—no, uh, not Anthony. Say cool. Say cool. Talk to me. What's your take? Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. You know, we need to have a serious discussion about culture, what it is, and how it manifests itself, because mm. we have been the victims of cultural genocide. When the oppressor took away our culture, our history, and robbed us of knowledge itself, we also lost the ability to socialize and educate our children properly. That's the root cause of most, if not all, of black-on-black violence in our community. Mm -hmm. And until we come to grips with that self-hatred that's deeply ingrained in our people through social engineering, behavior modification, and these slums that racist, vampire capitalists establish, maintain, and profit from, we're not going to move forward. We're not going to solve this problem. And we better make our people understand that Donald Trump and his fascist followers are prepared to go to the final solution to solve this problem. So this criminal class is putting us all at risk to end up like German Jews did in Germany under Hitler's reign of terror. And that's what they better be made to understand. We have to get into these schools and insist on the African-centered curriculum that teaches our children to be African, mm -hmm. that this is the way Africans live. These are the moral principles and social values that we live by. And if you don't do that, then you're not African. You are you're in violation of African custom and tradition. That's what made us great as a people. Mm -hmm. We were a very moral and just people. African cultures were always morally and socially superior to European culture. European culture has always been violent. Name a time in, this, in, in history in this country when this country was not violent. That's just the way it is, man. We got to understand that. That should be our starting principle. I mean, our starting premise. We are living in a racist, corrupt, perverted, criminal society that criminalizing our children, corrupt their morals, and teach them to love money and hate each other. Have uh, a nice day, bro. All right, Seiko. Thank you so much, sir. I would certainly agree with that. Uh, I think that we are, we have, uh, we have gone off track in, in a lot of ways. Let's go to Ralph. Ralph, thank you for checking in. What's your take? Yeah, I just need the local number, Baltimore number, for the We Out Us movement. Oh, the local number? Yes, for Baltimore, yes. 
All right, give me a one moment. We're going to put you on hold, Ralph, and we're going to make sure we get that information to you, okay? Uh, let's go back to the line. We got Marcia. Marcia, thank you for checking in. What's your take? Um, so here's my take. And I don't mean to be negative, Nancy, but I will tell you nothing is going to change until gun laws are drastically changed. Um, you know, it is way too easy for people to get guns, um, black and white, but specifically white. And the reason I will tell you it will never change is because of, and I hate to always fall back on this, but it is the root of so much, is racism. It will never change because America has set their system up where there is a, there has always been and always will be for the foreseeable future a fear of black people. That is the way America has set things up. They, from lynching, before there were a lot of guns available, you know, you have to lynch the black man because he was a threat to white women and the white, white people. So you had to lynch him. Then all of a sudden guns became available. So everybody now is able to carry guns. The thing that, that America perpetuates is these people are like, I need guns to defend my home. I'm defending my home in case the government tries to take us over. What people don't realize is that as many guns as you can have in your home, the government has 80 times more, 100 times more guns. Right. And quite frankly, I don't care if you're armed to the teeth with guns. If the United States government ever decided to take you out, they can just push a button and your house disappears from the earth with all your guns in it. You know, it just blows up. So they're fooling people into feeling that, oh, you, you, need, you need all these guns to defend your home. You need this. And then at the back of that, they're pushing, like, these black people, they're dangerous. You know, they're the dangerous ones. So if anything ever happens, if black folks or brown folks ever rise up, you need the guns to defend yourself against them. And then within our community, well, we're dealing with depression, anxiety, a lot of uh, a bit of self-hatred, yeah. um, you know, un not being able to communicate. So we pull out guns and we take our frustrations out on each other. Bottom line, it, I, to me, the whole situation boils down to racism, money, because the, they'll never outlaw guns because then all the gun manufacturers go out of business and they put too much money into these politicians' pockets. Let me so, ask you this question. Yeah. And, Marcia, I think you're right. Yeah. Now, I want to I I take your big ideas and that energy and see if we can drill down to, you know, what can we do locally? Because I think that's the big point of this, because these things are happening across the city, or country. We see a pattern, but I, I think that a lot of times with these very big conversations, we tend to, um, we tend to forget the power of the local. Uh, of the local group. So what do you think we could drill out on? What what do you think Baltimore City can do to address this gun issue? Honestly, I think what we have to start doing, and I think a lot of it is being done already, but we've got to do it more. We have got to get, the whole school system has to change. And I'll, we have to start looking out for our kids. Our kids, in a lot of ways, are crying out for help. I think the first caller I didn't agree with everything that he said, but I do agree with him. Like, let's start looking at what, why do you feel you have to pick up a gun to solve your dispute? You know, so I think our kids, our kids are calling out for help. And we have, and it's got to start, if it can't start in the home, because I know a lot of homes have problems, then to me, it has to start in the schools and the whole school system, whether it be a more Afrocentric curriculum, whether it be a curriculum of learning to love yourselves, yeah. learning to communicate, because I've, I've worked with young people, and so many of them cannot communicate. They can't express themselves. So, okay, you know, so you're they, saying... They're in their home, all they've been told to is shut up. Right, I got you, I got you. express themselves. And, and, and you're saying, and that's not, and, I, and I hear what you're saying, and I'm not diminishing your experience, but I do want to let folks know that even though there are a couple of things I think we need to kind of get out, and Marcy and I appreciate you for bringing these points up. Um, there are a couple of things that I think that we need to keep in mind. One, because if you live in a certain zip code, doesn't automatically mean that you're a violent person. Two, because you, you, your socioeconomic background might not be as high as others, doesn't mean you're a violent person. Three, 
even though you may have come from a less than ideal family situation or community situation doesn't necessarily mean that you're a violent person. And can we not state, let's state the obvious, just because you're black doesn't mean you're violent. You're a black man that grew up in Baltimore City, so quote-unquote, you are a violent individual. So let's, let's look at that, and I'm saying that to us as black folks in the city and across this state, that we even have to get out of our heads the biases that exist about, that we have about each other to make us even more tense when we get around each other. Let's go back to the phone line. Uh, Michelle. Are you there? I'm good, Michelle. Yes, we're here. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? I'm good. Uh, well, I'm glad you're talking about this tonight. I was actually uh, pretty heartbroken to learn yesterday, actually, that one of my college friends was shot and killed over the weekend. Wow. And I'm sorry to hear that, Michelle. Thank you. Um, yeah, we hadn't kept in touch anymore after college, but I was shocked. It, this guy in his 30s. And same thing, actually, I had no idea because I'm not on Facebook or anything like that, but that another friend from college... Um, a Baltimore native actually was also shot and killed in late 2019. Um, I found that out yesterday, like upon learning about the other friend. And I wow. could not believe it. Like these were the two nicest, like not involved in it. I, I don't have much exposure, like experience to this kind of stuff. Yeah. So I thought that most of the inner city violence was among people who, were in gangs or, like, gang-affiliated, things like that. These guys, as far as I know, could tell, I mean, you never really know what people are up to, but not a hint, and especially the the one that passed in 2019, um, Gerald Brown, RIP, uh, he was actually an activist. He was holding, like, anti-violence um what do you call them? Rallies? Things like that, yeah, and organizing wow. things. He was a homeless activist. Wow. And he actually was murdered uh, on his way home from one of his charity events. So what, it was like a robbery gone wrong? No. He was literally targeted. He had also recently uh, had a rec center built, like in, in West Baltimore, where he was from. Um, people could not, like, make sense of it. It seemed he was actually like picked out and murdered just wow. shot point blank Jeez. um so i was trying to dig around and see what you know if anyone kind of knew anything and i guess the person who claims to be his best friend mentioned something that i couldn't i'd never heard of anything like this and i imagine if it's true it's true just in this generation coming up now which kind of freaked me out he was saying he wasn't involved in anything like that. He thinks that he was killed because of jealousy over his, like, successful life. He was saying that uh, he hears it all the time in his circles and stuff, people talking about knocking people off, killing them, because they're jealous. Like, oh, he thinks mm -hmm. he's better than all of us now. He thinks, oh, he doesn't have to worry about it. Like, I'll get him. Stuff like that. I could not. I thought you had to That's be right. I couldn't believe it. I didn't know it had sunk that low. Well, and, and, and Michelle, and I, you know, again, my, my condolences for your friend and his, um, for their families. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that's the other part of it. That's, the, that's the, the, the kind of like the intangible stuff, right? Like the stuff that, you know, when you get to, I, I, look, I was talking to, I'm not going to say who the person was, but over the weekend, and he was telling me when, you know, the, some of the latest incidents of, of violence in Baltimore City stem from, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know a, a guy breaks up with a girl, the girl moves on with another guy, and the guy can't handle it. Yeah. A domestic situation. But see, that, you know? I, I guess that is a... Mm, but you, we can't accept time, that. Now, here's, here's, here's the reason I'm bringing that up. I'm saying anytime you're talking about the affairs of the heart, mm -hmm. that's all I'm saying. Like jealousy, envy, uh, those type of negative emotions, those those emotions that can really corrupt the heart yeah. to, of a person, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe not certainly be like, like apples and oranges, but the issue is jealousy is jealousy. Envy is envy. You know what I mean? 
And so when you have the affairs of the heart, that's the type of stuff I'm saying. Now, can we change that through a policy? No. We know we can't change that no. through law. You know, we're I think talking it has about to be this media culture that's like brainwashing people. I mean, to kill someone just because you think they're successful right, and uh, successful. like showing up, like who do they think they who are? Who they kind think of they thing? are? They're too big for their britches. Yeah. And and and, and 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 that type of mentality is a real sickness. Yeah. I mean, this guy, the the best friend of Gerald, who had, who was killed in 2019, he was saying that people will talk about killing other people. Because of how many likes and followers they have on Instagram. Again, and stuff I've heard like the same that. thing. That was, I could not wrap my mind around. Like, it's just a fake game, you know? Like, it's a. And no, it, let me it's tell almost you. almost like a media war on young people. It's like the Pied Piper is coming for everybody, you know? I, I, I agree. I, I totally agree. Michelle, I got to let you go, but you bringing up some excellent points, and those are the things we're talking about. And that's why it's important for us to have conversations. Um, beyond just the hardcore stuff, beyond just the stuff of, of you know, drugs and money and stuff, you're talking about the affairs of the heart. How do you get, you know, you're getting to the way a person thinks, how they see themselves, right? Because that stuff is the reason that drives people crazy, quote-unquote, to drive them to the point where they want to pull the trigger. Let me go back to the line. Kevin, thank you for your patience. What's your take? And then we got Mercy. Hey, what's up, Farage? Hey, Kevin, how you doing? Oh, um, doing all right, man. I tell you what, I think there's a couple things going on. Um, and I always say that uh, because most of these people that's committing the killings are young people, and who's monitor, who who's who's raising these kids? Basically, you know, a lot of these parents are lazy. They let the internet raise their kids. They let the the public school system raised their kids, which we all know, the the school system here in Baltimore ain't worth a crap. You know, ain't worth nothing if that's what you're doing. But they don't care. And um, it's a lot of kids out here that are hopeless. There's a lot of kids out here, and I'm saying kids. I mean, young people, right. young, you know, young men and women, but uh, hopeless. And uh, out of touch with reality, you know, more they're more into virtual reality than reality itself. So, you know, they they not. I really don't think they think as much as far as far as um the consequences of, of their actions. You know, you you know that person is just not going to disappear and reappear later on. You know what I'm saying? And, and you're not going to uh they they you're not going to you know it's not a game basically like he was talking about earlier. But I want to touch on something else also. Uh, specifically here in Baltimore. You know, well, Maryland is one of the hardest states to purchase handguns anyways. All these other uh, states that you mentioned are easy to buy guns, handguns and assault rifles. Mm -hmm. But um, the way things are here in Baltimore City with the with the, uh, with the the DA, Merlin Mosby, and her not prosecuting these drug, uh, these drug um, offenses, you know, a whole lot of different offenses, but specifically drug offenses. Let me tell you this. We all know in Baltimore, when it gets hot, the crime goes up, the shootings go up, the, the killings go up. What do you think is going to happen this summer when everybody already know? well, shoot, I'm not going to get prosecuted for for my drug, for this drug offense, for me selling drugs. So now you're going to have people fighting over territory here in Baltimore City. I, I'm not wishing it, but I'm telling you, more than likely, what's going to happen? Um, and and how, how, what is Brandon Scott going to do about that? How is he going to address that? What is Larry Holman going to do about it? I'm not. Well, let me ask you this question. Radio. Let me ask you this question, cool. Kevin. Um, yeah. What are we going to do about it? What are we? You you want me to? Okay. I'm okay. saying we as as citizens, as community. I understand why you would put the emphasis on leadership, and I get that. I'm saying, what are we going to do about it? Because guess what? The people that are pulling the triggers, we know them. They in our families. They live next door to us. They might be in our know. home. We know them. Well, well, I, I I get what you're saying, and but we also have this snot, stop snitching culture, which, I mean, come on. You know what I mean? Like I said, it all starts at home, though. You're right. What are we going to do? You better, you know, raise your kids the way that I was raised. 
when when whenever a, a, a sex scene popped up in the movie, my mother would, would cover my eyes, right, until the scene was over. You know. Um, so you say not expose so, your children to violent images and and to violent things. It, well, even if you do expose them, you gotta you gotta have a conversation with them. My son, I'm 45 years old. My first, well, both of my sons, actually, all three of my sons, stepson and two two regular sons. They were exposed from the age of four. I, I I had them around guns all their lives. I took them to the shooting range. I showed them everything there is to know about these guns. And one day I was in the bathroom. I was upstairs in the bathroom, and him and his friend came. Uh, my oldest son, he came in with his friend, get a baseball bat and a baseball out of the closet. I had a shotgun right there in the closet by the door. His, his friend said, oh, a gun. My son told him, don't touch it. And, it, and and everything that I told him, he said, yeah, you know, don't touch it, this, that, and the third, blah, 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 blah. The taboo is gone. You know, um, that's what I'm talking about, that type of responsibility. Okay. Got you. Got you. Kevin, I got to stop you right there. I got you. And I think that that's right. a good start, that we don't either expose our children to violent ways or you're like you're saying – if you, you, you know, if you're a gun owner, that you're going to teach the proper way of handling the gun. Okay, gotcha. Let's go to Mercy, then after that, Marin. Uh, Mercy, thank you for checking in and for your patience. What's your take? What's going on, Doctor? First of, first time caller. I oh, want to welcome, say, first brother. off, condolences to Miss Michelle and the uh, family of the loved one that she lost. Um, I just want to say that, uh, and this is just my opinion, there is no short-term or long-term solution to this, okay, simply because these anomalies that have been embedded into our culture, and when I say embedded, I'm using the embedded definition from the Oxford Dictionary that means of an object firmly, fixed firmly and deeply in the surrounding mass, implanted for a purpose, implanted for a purpose, until the powers that be have a purpose, an economic purpose that's greater than the ones currently on, on on board at base, there will be no change. So you're saying, let me make sure I understand you on this one, brother. Yes, sir. You're saying that that it's it's it, it comes down to economics. If we can't get the Absolutely. economics right, the, the bo- bottom line, everything in a capitalist society has some economic purpose or, or, or string linked to it. You know, if the, if the numbers don't add up to us making more or that bottom line increasing, there, there's not going to be a change for the better or for the greater good. But let me ask you this, though, bro. Let me ask you this. Because I've, I've heard this argument many times, mm. but now I'm at this point where I'm saying, okay, so are we talking about changing from the current system of capitalism to a different economic system such as socialism or some other form of, of economic system, okay, if that's one, but then more two, that's going to take years. Correct. That's going to take time. I agree. And, 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 and I believe that in this country, because the system of capitalism is the system that we have been, uh, that we have been fed, that we have been conditioned, that we have grown up under, this system of things is not going to change as quick as people expect them to change. So in the meantime, in between time, as they Mm -hmm. say, you know, can't there be some things done that, uh, that can still garner us some really, really good results without expecting a mystery God to wait on our systems to change. And there can be efforts made, you know, short-term solutions, short-term fixes, okay. band-aids, so to speak. But in the overall view of things, is that going to lead to, again, positivity and an absolute change in the end, in the end game? I think so. I mean, look, first and foremost, let me ask you this very quickly, brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, do, you, do you have hope that things can change? Well, absolutely. Without right. hope, Boom. there is no faith. Without faith. You know, you pretty much have nothing. You got nothing, right? Exactly. All right, so just simply on the fact that if you have hope, I have hope, we got faith that things can change, that a power, that that a, a different power can come into the community, 
coming mm-hmm. to the city to force some change, mm-hmm. then I think that we're in the beginning of something. Right we on. can still uh, change the course of this even with while we're working on the long-term change of mm. the economic uh, system that we're all under. So true. You know what so I'm saying? True. But I, I I wanted to check that first, brother, not because put mm-hmm. you on the spot, but just because a lot of folks have given up on mm-hmm. this idea that things can change. Yes. Yep. And so if you're giving up, if you already, if you already, and I'm sure you probably heard family members, friends, coworkers say stuff like, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Ain't nothing going to change, man. Ain't nothing going to change. And they looking at you like, man, you trying to go out there and trying to do something. Man, you wasting your time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's what keeps people dying. Yes, sir. I agree. I agree. I mean, seriously, how much it doesn't cost us anything to have hope. No, absolutely free. Free, 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 free. <laughs> free, 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 free. Exactly. Free, 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 free. It doesn't cost us anything to give a damn. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, I, I just don't get that. People act like because mm-hmm. you care, like they're losing something. Like, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh, I care. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I don't have nothing else to give. That's the very smallest mm-hmm. thing that mm-hmm. you can give is the, the, is caring about. Like, damn, this might actually... This is really messed man, up. Absolutely. Absolutely nothing. Cost nothing. you nothing. Hey, brother, I appreciate you. Don't let appreciate this be the you, last Doctor. time Keep we going. hear from Keep you. Keep doing, brother. Thank you. Look, when we, I got to take a quick pause. When we come back, we're going to check in with uh, brother student captain Anthony, uh, uh, Andrew Muhammad from the We Are Us movement. Because they had, and we were out there this weekend, as we talked about this issue of stopping the violence of young people. Marin, I want to get you first into that part of the conversation. We're not going to switch gears. But we're going to have our brother come in and join us for this part of the discussion. Because as much as we talk about the big big picture, talking about these 12 mass shootings, we still got to deal with the, with the local picture, right? We got to deal with the local picture. But I'm, 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 this is the thing I'm on right now, folks. The thing that I'm on is us making these granular decisions. It's not granular, it's big. Once you decide that enough is enough, that's a big decision. When you decide, when I decide that enough is enough, then guess what starts to happen? Change. The very thing that we thought that was impossible to happen starts to happen. Change. But it requires us to make the very small, big decision (laughs) of saying enough is enough. Because guess what? Unfortunately, we're going up against forces, and I'm not talking about black and white here. I'm just talking about the forces of of ignorance and hatred and violence and just all of these different negative forces that is keeping us in a place where we feel like we're disempowered. And if the more and more we stay in that place, the less change that we have, the less lives that we save, and essentially the further down we go as a society. We got to make the granular decision to say enough is enough. Look, stay riding with me, brother student captain Andrew Muhammad. We are us and so much more is going to be part of the conversation. Stay riding with us. It's For the Culture on WEAA. 